Welcome back to Brojo Online Podcast. Today we're going to talk about the devastating issue of taking things personally and how you can stop yourself from doing it. This is Brojo Online. Masculinity, confidence, and integrity. I think taking things personally is one of the primary causes of pain, socially speaking, for human beings. When you think about the pain you have in any social context, whether it's your relationships, friendships, family, workplace, and then you take away taking things personally, how much pain is left over? How much better are your conflicts and arguments going to be if you don't do this? If nobody did this, how much better would the world function in terms of social interconnection? The thing is, taking things personally is not a fate that you're doomed to live by. It's not a life sentence. You don't have to do this. And today we're going to look at what it is, why it happens, and what you can do about it. So let me start by trying to define it. I'm defining it in my own way here, but hopefully this captures the essence of what it means to take something personally. There's kind of three factors to it. One is, this is about me. That's the kind of obvious bit, right? So the, the information you're receiving is primarily about you. But it's not just that. So we could call that taking it personally, but if you feel pleasant about that, we don't call it taking it personally. So if you receive a compliment and you think this is about me, you don't take it personally in the way that we often mean, do you? So there's more to it. So the second part is this is a threat. So this information, not only is it about me, but it is in some way going to cause me harm. Either it is causing me harm currently, or it's designed in some way to cause me future harm, or both. And the third element is the following reaction you have to this conclusion. So once you have taken something personally, the finishing touch is your counter-reaction, which is usually aggressive or defensive urges feelings and behavior okay so we've got three parts this is about me it's a threat and then i'm going to have to counterattack or protect myself from whatever i think is happening now it's very subjective isn't it each person takes things personally in a different way to others i mean there's kind of categories that a lot of people are in but no two people are exactly alike there's something personal about taking it personally there's certain things we get upset about like if you're bantering or joking or watching a comedian, there could be a lot of jokes going on that you don't take personally, and then suddenly there's one that like hurts and you don't think that's funny. Now, everybody else in the audience is laughing. You don't notice that there's only a few other people that are hurt by that one. And then when you're laughing at a joke, somebody else next to you is devastated by it and getting defensive. So it's very personal, isn't it? Which already should tell you there's something fucking wrong with this. This is not an objective truth. That we're working with here so many people when they get offended and take things personally they feel quite righteous or at least they feel an inevitability like i have no choice here this is objective this is something i can't control this is something that's justified my reaction the way i feel about this the art of taking it personally is really either no choice or it is the right thing to do and yet if that were true why is it so different person by person, right? It'd be like saying vanilla is the best flavor of ice cream. So do this heaps of people who don't think that. So maybe it's just your own thing. And maybe if you tried a few more flavors, you wouldn't be so obsessed with one, in which case maybe that one isn't even true. I don't know if that's the greatest metaphor or analogy to describe what we're talking about, but I want you to start by planting a seed. The things you take personally are your own things. This is not some objective truth that applies to the whole human race. Now, sometimes taking something personally can seem reasonable, uh, especially in the case of direct criticism. So if I'm in your face telling you negative things that I think about you, criticizing you, you'd feel that it's quite justified for you to take it personally. You'd say, of course, that's about me, right? And of course, it's bad and threatening and I've got to do something about it. And then there's other times that really are quite inexplicable, like getting offended by a joke that's not about you. We can see this a lot now in the kind of woke side of things where people are getting offended on behalf of other people, other groups that they're not a part of, you know, and they're taking it personally as if they're the ones suffering, right? They're kind of 
vicarious trauma, like a white person standing up for a black person over racism, some of them, they feel almost as if they're the ones receiving the racism. They take it so personally. So there's these kind of ones where we almost like pick something random to just get really upset about and feel attacked about, even though it's really got nothing to do with us. So while the first category, this direct kind of uh, criticism or attack might seem reasonable, the second category shows us that we're actually quite insane with the way that we do this. That the things we get upset about, the things that we feel are about us, are a personal attack against us, are quite often things we could easily ignore and nothing would ever happen. So how rational is this whole concept of taking something personally? I want you to question it because... If you're doing something that's insane, you should stop, right? I would think so. But people cling to taking things personally. There's almost a perverse kind of pride that people have in getting offended by things that they think are about them. Yet how has it ever served you? Take a moment right now. I'm going to let a moment pass. Think about a time where taking something personally was not only beneficial, but the best possible reaction you could have had. Go ahead, take a minute. When's the last time taking something personally improved your life? Improved your relationship with other people? Progressed your career? When has it ever done you any fucking good? Because as the old, I don't know, adage that's kind of attributed to Einstein, but I don't think he said it, you know, if you repeat something and expect different results, you're insane, right? So here you are taking things personally over and over again. For what, hoping one day it'll go well? Do you really not believe that you have any control over this? That this is a fate? You have to take things personally? That it's helpful to do so? That that outrage porn that you're feeding yourself is healthy? Is it? If I was to say to you that there is a way that you can stop doing this, would you think that was a bad idea? Would you think taking things personally is the best possible reaction? Even to say the worst behavior, someone deliberately trying to hurt you and those you love, do you think getting all outraged and defensive and upset is the best response, the most effective response, more effective than anything else you can think of? If so, sign off. I can't help you. If you think getting outraged by words is the best you can do, and you want it to be the best you can do, you're not interested in improving on that, go listen to someone else. So today we're going to break it down, those three steps I talked about. Step number one, this is about me. I'm the key variable in this piece of information. Uh, step number two, that this is a threat so some way aimed at hurting me or damaging my future success. And number three is because of all these things, I need to fight back or protect myself or both. Right. Let's start with number one. So this is all about you, is it? Isn't it amazing that you just don't ask that question? This is going to solve 90% of your taking it personally problems is just prompting yourself to ask this question before you go any further. When you feel yourself getting upset, let's say you're in a confrontation with somebody, uh, let's, let's say the most obvious case, they're directly criticizing you, uh, you feel like they're trying to harm you in some way, you know, you're really sure this is about you. How often do you actually stop to double check? Like, given what I know, Everything that's going on about the person talking to me, about the context, about what they're saying. Is this about me? Or is there, an un, is there another more likely assumption? Because when you say this is about me, what you're saying is kind of two things. One is that you are the cause, like you have prompted them, or not just prompted them, you are the reason that they are saying these things. Okay, You cause them to talk in this way. And, of course, that you are the focus. You're the main thing being spoken about, being spoken to. You caused it and it's directed at you. Two assumptions you're making there. Notice how you never question those. You never go, did I really cause this person to be like this, to speak like this? Am I that big an influence in their life? 
And even though they're, you know, the focus part, they're using my name, they're pointing at me, they're talking about things I've done. Is that really solid evidence that I'm really the focus here? It couldn't be about themselves, for example, or about impressing the audience that was watching us. It couldn't be about any of that. It has to be actually right at me and only about me. Have you ever stopped to ask that when you're having your first kind of defensive urges? There's a thing I talk about often. My clients will laugh because they've heard me talk about it so fucking much. The Big Bang Theory. And I don't mean the terrible comedy show. What I'm talking about is the idea of cause and effect and the chains. So let's say right now, you know, I'm doing this podcast. We'll call that the effect. Now, what's the cause of that? I had the idea of doing this podcast. Well, that's also an effect. What caused that idea? Well, uh, we could go a bit more generic and broader. I do podcasts regularly for my business. So it was only natural I was going to think of another one. And I had clients who have this issue, so this topic combined with my consistency of doing podcasts, it was inevitable I was eventually going to do one on this topic. If I haven't already, I might be repeating myself. It's like, okay, so he does podcasts and he has clients, but that's an effect as well. What caused that? And we can keep doing this. We're going to go back through my entire business. We're going to go back through before I had a business and all the prompting that led up to me building my own business. We're going to go back through all the insecurities and issues I had when I was younger, which has all served as the kind of motivation force for me to do this kind of work. Then we're going to go back to what caused me to have those issues. So we're right back into my childhood now. And then we're kind of talking about my parents and my experiences in the womb. And now we've got to go, well, what caused them? So now we've got to go through back through my parents' entire lives. And go, well, they had parents too and other influences. What caused those? And it doesn't take much brain power to figure out that this is going to lead us back to the beginning. Depends if you're religious or not. It doesn't actually matter in this case whether you think it's God going, let there be light, or you think it's atoms exploding in a thing they call the Big Bang, or something else. Either way, you end up back at the beginning. Every effect has a cause until the initial, if things don't go in a circle. doesn't matter. The point is, how can you be the cause of what that person is saying? What kind of arrogance and grandiosity are you filled with to think you are the Big Bang? Right? Let's say somebody comes up to me out of nowhere. I've had this a few times more online than anything else. Where someone just comes out of nowhere swinging at me in the comment section of some piece of work I've done. Just criticizing me. Saying I'm a fraud and I'm full of shit and I'm generic, blah, 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 you know. Really just going hard. I'm like, who is this avatar? They usually don't show their real names, but who's this person just having a fucking crack at me? I'm like, let's take one that happened recently. Someone just had a go at me in the YouTube comment section, just like comment, 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 comment. Pretty reasonable assumptions. They've only watched the one video that they're commenting on. So if we say that that video is 10 minutes and they watch the whole thing, what percentage of their life have I influenced them? We assume that they are in fact influenced by me while watching the video and their comments would suggest that they weren't even really listening to it. So much less than 1% that we can't even calculate it. Let's say they're a person who's 30 years old and I've affected them for 10 minutes. I mean, that's such a small percentage that we would absolutely dismiss the likelihood that it had any real effect on their development as a person, right? I mean, compare that 10-minute video to, like, everything their parents did and everything their friends have done and everything they've seen in the media. Like, what impact have I really had? The answer is actually not even a tiny percentage. It's none at all. They, The way they came at me in the comments shows that they were preloaded. They came with a loaded gun to that video. There is nothing I could have said in that video that would have gotten a different response from them if I was to stay true to my form. Anything about me is obviously upsetting to them from the second it starts playing. You can actually see in their comments that they start commenting on content that's like a minute in and they're just commenting as they watch. So they don't even give me a chance to explain. I barely got through the intro when they're swinging. So the only logical conclusion is 
whatever's causing them to give me this feedback, it's not actually me. They haven't had enough of me to really be caused to do anything. And the thing is, it doesn't mean, you know, it has to be less than 10 minutes or before it counts. Anybody doing this, like say, let's say your parents, the people who have been around for ages, you've had a huge effect on them because they've known you since birth. You still what? And how many years before you were born? Anything from probably like 15 to 30, maybe more. And you think you're the one causing them to be the way they are? Their personality was set in stone before you were even thought of. What likelihood is it that you're the cause of the way they are reacting to you? Right? If someone has biases and preferences and all that, the most likely scenario is that that was set in stone before this interaction they're having with you, before they gave you whatever criticism you're receiving. You didn't actually cause their reaction at all. Let's say I say something controversial like I am, I don't know, I'm okay with people getting abortions, which is true, but I'm not here to fight about it. Now, if, you, if you're anti-abortion, you were anti-abortion before I said that. Your reaction to me saying I'm cool with abortions is predetermined. You actually couldn't have a different reaction to that. No matter how I said it or who said it, your first reaction is whatever it is. However strongly you feel about it, it would have been you know, outraged through to just disagreement. But you couldn't, just because I say you wouldn't be like, oh, yeah, no, fair enough, if you're already anti-abortion. And if you're pro-abortion, you'd be like, right on. And you can't help that either. So did I cause you to have your feedback, to have the feeling that you're feeling? Or was it just destined to happen if I provoked the information that's already in your head? And again, remember the Big Bang. That information goes all the way back to the start of time. Somewhere in there is the apes that preceded humans, if you you know believe in evolution. And there's, there's fish swimming in the sea that had some part in it. There's stardust spreading across the universe that had some part in it. There's explosions and supernovas that some way affected your decision. Anything that's about you when someone says something? What you'll come to realize is that nobody has ever, ever said anything that is caused by you. Influenced? Maybe. But generally speaking, beliefs, personality, preferences, especially preferences, you don't get a say in somebody else's. And even if you do, it's because they let you, which really means it was their choice. So when you're thinking, I caused this person to say this thing, you know, my behavior is the reason they're speaking. Now, all your behavior did was flick a match into a box of fireworks. The box of fireworks was already there. You're just a tiny little match. You're nothing. They were already prepared to have this response to you. Now, when you say that you're the focus, you're implying intent. You're saying this is aimed at you. Have you ever stopped and thought, why do people say what they say? You know, just think about it for a second. Just a general idea. Let's imagine that the core of it all, deep within the layers of the subconscious, underneath all the stories we tell ourselves and the assumptions we make about each other, deep, deep, deep down, in the cavern of the mind where the real control center lies. There's the actual reason that things happen. And so there's an actual reason why, like why I'm saying what I'm saying right now. Now I'm giving my surface level conscious narratives. I can say, I like to do podcasts. I want to help people. Uh, you know, this supports my business. That's all the stuff I tell myself, but is that the most likely explanation? Or is that the illusion that keeps me doing shit for a secret hidden goal of some kind. Maybe it is something noble, I hope it is, you know, like I feel compelled to do this righteous thing, to say what I believe is true and take my place in the world and do something for good. But that sounds more like a narrative to me as well. I think deeper, deeper down, it's just something about a need for recognition, perhaps. Wanting to feel like I matter, wanting to feel that there is some meaning in the world. Who knows? It could just be a basic biological function. If I don't talk, I 
don't survive as much as other people who do talk or something. Who knows what's really driving what I say. But the idea that I'm helping you, that this is aimed at you, that's a nice story I tell myself. It might be a story that you're telling yourself as well. But the likelihood that it is the full truth and there's nothing deeper than that, 0%. Less than zero, maybe. That doesn't make sense, but give it to you this way. It's really obvious when someone else does it. Uh, a client of mine was having issues with a guy at work, continuous ongoing issues. And I asked him, you know, why do you get so mad at him about this stuff? And he said, oh, it's because he's trying to be a dick. Really? That's what he's doing, is he? He's trying to be a dick. He woke up, he's like, right, time to be a dick. Who am I going to fuck with today? How can I make other people's lives worse? That is my number one priority. Can't wait to get into it. That's what he's thinking, is he? That's his motivation. That's the best you could think of in terms of his motivation. He's trying to be a dick. How often are you trying to be a dick? Right? How often are you trying to be the bad guy who harms people? Compared to how often people assume that's what you're doing. Right? Whenever you upset other people, especially if you're being assertive or going for something that's for your own benefit in some way, you know, a huge portion of the time people are going to assume that you're actually trying to be harmful. And then look inside yourself. I mean, is that ever the case? Are you ever like, I hope someone gets hurt here? Are you like some evil mastermind? Because if you are, stop fucking listening to me, you know? Go run a gang or something. I'm not the right guy to be listening to. I'm all about integrity and shit. I'm, I'm not up your alley. Odds are, while you have in time certainly wanted to lash out, it's very unlikely that you have that cruel psychopathic streak where you want to be the cause of suffering, that you enjoy that. Very unlikely. So what's the likelihood that someone else is? What's the likelihood that they're looking at you and going, okay, I need to make his life much, much worse. Mm, how can I do that? How, how likely is it that that many people are evil? Because that's what you're talking about. That's evil. That cold, rational desire to do harm to others. That's the very definition of evil. What's more likely? Well, I'll tell you what's more likely. What's more likely is that they have another agenda. Maybe taking the swipe at you, if it, that is indeed what's happening, achieves some other goal of theirs. Helps their career, helps their self-esteem, protects them from a perceived attack. Often, taking something personally is a reaction to somebody else who's already taken you personally, you know? So that's already happened. That's more likely that they're lashing out at you because they've taken something personally, right? It's, it's very, very likely that they have another goal besides hurting you. So as soon as that other goal becomes apparent, then you have to ask yourself, is it really aimed at me or am I just a means to an end? Am I a stepping stone to a thing that they're really aiming at? Right? Like if someone's, you know, the kind of person who bullies and banters with people in a cruel way and takes them down, he's not really taking down those people. He's trying to achieve a status perhaps, or achieve a sense of self-worth, or just live up to a legacy that his abusive father set in place, whatever. He's got a grander goal than taking you down. So the idea that this is aimed at you is very unlikely. Another more likely thing is that you're taking something personally that really wasn't aimed at you. It's amazing how often we take something personally where if we saw it with two other people talking, we'd be like, oh, that wasn't about them. But when it's aimed at us, it's a different story. Like I talked about before, getting offended on other people's behalf. It's like, this shit wasn't aimed at you. It's, it's nice that you want to help people out, but all that outrage you're feeling, that indicates you think this is actually about you, right? Like you're the one under attack. That's why I get so out, you know, I get offended by the whole woke thing is it's just so many people like jumping in on someone else's fight without being asked. It's like, dude, you're just platforming for yourself, motherfucker. You're not really interested in helping the people actually being attacked. But let's not go down that rabbit hole today. So you've taken something that wasn't about you and you've taken it for you. I remember seeing a meme along these lines, a picture of Samuel Jackson for some reason. And it says something like, you know, just uh, what did it say? It's like, if you're offended, know that this wasn't aimed at you. But if the shoe fits, feel free to wear that motherfucker. It's this kind of idea like, 
How many times have you taken something that was just someone sharing their thoughts, their opinions, their preferences, and made it about you? How many times have you noticed other people do that? Let's say you're sharing a political opinion with a friend and somebody jumps in like, how dare you say that? It's like, motherfucker, I wasn't even talking to you. Right? They just take something personally and you didn't even know they were there. That's more often the case than someone actually trying to direct something at you. And of course, as I think I've already mentioned, they already see you as a threat. What you're taking as criticism or, you know, an attack on you, it's actually them defending themselves from you. Which either means you are threatening them, you have done something that they reasonably should be threatened by, or they've misread the situation, they've misunderstood you, they've projected their insecurities onto you, just like you're now doing to them. Either way, you know, taking it personally doesn't make sense. So if you have been threatening them, then of course they should defend themselves. Well, not should, perhaps, but... If they're a human, that's going to be the most likely response. We'll talk about not doing that a bit later on. So if you're threatening someone and they come back at you, you can't be like, oh, can't believe you're doing this. And like, well, you should believe it. You fucking provoked it. But if you're not, if you're like, I had no intent to hurt this dude. Don't know why he's coming at me so strong. Like, you know, the example I gave with the person coming at me in the comment section. I mean, I've never ever in my life put out a piece of content with the aim of hurting someone i've always had in my mind like if you don't like what i'm saying just go watch something else i always made it like really obvious what i'm about to talk about and what my views are and what my sort of philosophy is so that you can bail out as quickly as possible before i step on your toes so for someone to think i'm trying to hurt them that i'm coming at them definitely a misread right definitely means they don't understand me they've made something up about me well, it's a good chance you're doing that about someone else when you think they're focused on me. So when you think of everything I've said, before you take something personally with someone, you've got to ask yourself, have I removed all the other possibilities? Have I removed the possibility that I'm misreading the situation and misunderstanding them? Have I removed the possibility that maybe I'm not the biggest influence in their life and something else is causing this reaction? Or have I removed the possibility that I'm misreading this and it isn't actually anything to do with me? Or have I removed the possibility that my own insecurities are creating a sensitive reaction to something that's actually pretty neutral and harmless? And once you go, okay, I have removed all these and this is definitely whatever, then maybe we can move on to the next step. I want to finish with a little story again. My clients will nod because I've told this a million times, but it's a personal one. An auntie of mine and a grandfather, uh, they started having a falling out a couple of decades ago, I guess it was. Um, really inexplicable. The whole family was just baffled as these two sort of went to war. I don't even, I was too young maybe to be included deeply so I don't know the details of I don't know things they said to each other or what they're in conflict about I just know that it was bad and that it split the family this big rift on that side of it's my father's side of the family this big rift opened up and people had to choose sides and I remember my father was like really uncomfortably in the middle he was very stressed out about it went on for like 10 years slowly escalating getting worse over time People stop talking to each other, you know, it's like one army versus another, one army led by my grandfather, another by my auntie. And then it started to get really bizarre and people started to claw onto the fact that there's something fucked up about this. It's, it's not a, it doesn't make sense. It's not rational anymore. It's getting really like weird. And within a very short period of time from each other, they were both diagnosed as having dementia. And it was clear from the testing that they'd had dementia for quite some time. And it was very obvious that the dementia was in fact the cause of the conflict. They were both imagining and deluded and turned on each other. Just uh, kind of bad luck that they both had the dementia form at the same time and it kind of ricocheted off each other because they both had very irrational reactions to each other. There wasn't like a sane one in the interaction. They were both... You know, I hate to say the word, but they were both going insane. You know, and when we saw that, suddenly it's like the wool just gets lifted off your eyes. You just this revelation of like, holy fuck, we've been taking things personally and picking sides and getting really outraged at each other. Not just those two, but others who got them behind each other and so on. The battle went back and forth. For what? It was nothing. It was nonsense. There was no battle. We're fighting a war that didn't exist. 
And for me, this is like that was one of the biggest epiphany lessons I ever had about the concept of taking something personally. Just this realization like, shit, none of that was even real. We made it all up. And then, you know, these two essentially crazy people made it up first and we bought into it because of that tendency to go, what did you say? What did you say to me? Instead of going, wait, are these people sane? Like, how often does somebody come at you in a really, like, an unprofessional way or just an abusive way or the kind of way where you're like, this isn't going to help our friendship? And you jump ahead and think that they are sane, that this is, like, rational, that what you're receiving is, like, okay, I should deal with the content of what they're saying because this is coming from a sane person. Something you wouldn't do with, like, a homeless guy raving and ranting about the end of the world on the street. You wouldn't be like, oh, tell me more. So where's your evidence? You're not going to take him seriously. But the person who comes at you at work going, why the fuck did you take my shift when I do? You think, oh, well, this guy's sane, so that's covered. In fact, you don't even think it. You just jump ahead with that assumption. And you go, okay, so he's upset about my shift. Instead of going, wait, 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 is this even real? Is this person being this upset about that perceived topic? Does that make sense? Or does it make more sense that this is something else? You know, is a guy getting divorced? Does a guy have some sort of belief system about owning things and gets like crazy when things are out of his control? Is this really about me? Is it really about what he's talking about? Or is it something else? And this is just like a manifestation of that thing. Right? Is this just the same demon that he's always had and just happens to be thrown into this situation this time? Should I be talking about what he's talking about? Or should I step back and go, fuck, he's gone insane. I shouldn't get insane as well or we'll never get anywhere. So let's say it is about you. right? So let's say the person's primary motive is to say this thing to you and they believe they wouldn't have said this thing if you hadn't caused them to say this thing. And all the other things we talked about have been eliminated like they're totally nice with everybody else or whatever. They never do this with anyone else, just with you, just this time. So this is a threat. Well, again, there's assumptions that need to be put aside. Let's say it, it definitely is aimed at you. Does that mean it's actually dangerous? Do you need to treat this as a threat? If your boss is having a go at you, is your career really on the line? Right. If your partner's upset with something you did, is really like the threat of divorce real right now? What is going to be harmed? What, what damage is going to be done if you don't respond? Have you taken time to stop and think about that before you respond? Knee-jerk like assumption like, this is bad, I better fix it, or I better stop it, or I better hurt them back. Have you gone like, do I actually need to? Like, is that better than doing nothing? Would nothing be a bad idea? It's amazing how many people don't give nothing a chance. You know, it's definitely something. That's established. Don't even need to take a millisecond to think about that. They've had a go at me, therefore threat. Right? Now, if it was a child coming at you like, I'm going to beat you up. You're not going to be like, all right, motherfucker, let's throw down. Right? You're going to be like, you're a kid. You can't hurt me. I'll just hold your head, you know, and you can swing in midair. And yet when an adult comes at you with words, you're like, all right, fucking let's go, as if you need to. You know, one of the things that I, I noticed, I don't have a big profile or anything. If you're watching this 20 years in the future, maybe I do by now, but the time I'm making this, I don't. A few hundred people are aware of me, maybe. A couple of thousand at most. What I noticed about internet hate, which is the main force... I mean, sort of source of criticism I have in my life. Very few people seem to say these things to my face, but maybe I'm just not available enough. What makes it disappear is me ignoring it. If I ignore internet hate, the thing I've noticed that blows my mind is that nothing happens. Nothing happens. There's no negative side effect. Not once have I, like, disregarded an email or skipped over a comment or whatever and had something bad happen to me. Now, of course, this is online, it's distant and so on, but I've had similar experiences in person where it's rarer, but usually in like a group setting where uh, I might be running a free event, so just any old people show up. I haven't like filtered for the people coming in. I might apparently, you know, occasionally get someone who goes against the grain. But I've found, without doubt, 
you know, without exception, whether it's on the internet or in person, if I respond, it always gets worse. Always. It's like a fire, and all I've got to throw on it is petrol. So it doesn't matter how I throw the petrol, how beautifully refined the petrol is, how rationally logical that petrol is, it always inflames them more. I've never had someone come at me swinging on the internet or in real life and found that it's like buying into their little game and trying to play it with them ends in a good result, ends in a better result than doing nothing, at least. Remember, internet hate is not the same as like someone giving me thoughtful feedback and they're open to discussion and, you know, I'm talking about outrage. You know, I'm talking about people coming at me emotionally. I look at people getting cancelled, you know, the whole cancel culture thing. I've made content about that before. And I see a trend, a pattern. The only people who actually end up getting cancelled are those who are apologetic or defensive or those who have actually committed serious crimes which are very few of the ones who are actually getting cancelled. The people who are basically, majority of people getting cancelled for either saying things that are deemed to be offensive by anyone uh, now or way later, you know, or a long time ago in the past. But no matter what's being said, that's not the factor that gets them cancelled. You know, it's how they reacted, how they responded. You know, somebody could say something very mildly racist and a tweet from 20 years ago and never work again whereas somebody else could say something like massively racist right now and actually become more successful as a result of the outrage reaction and the difference is do they get apologetic do they get it defensive right the people who laugh it off the people who double down on it like if you're going to get offended by that well wait till you hear this you know well, the people who ignore it just don't get cancelled. Their audience was always their audience, so it just supports them. And they just roll on. You can see examples like, you know, there's the classics, the Joe Rogans, Dave Chappelle, Shane Gillis. These people, everybody's tried to take them down. The classic comedians, which are a lot of the cancelling is happening in that field. Apparently being funny is bad now. And yet the ones who are just like, fuck you, dude, I'm going to keep saying shit like this. Rolling on. They get bigger and better. You know, Shane Gillis, he gets cancelled from Saturday Night Live for um, being sort of racist about Asians like 10 years ago. It was just like, fuck you guys. That's bullshit. Now he's crushing it. He's in line to be the next goat of fucking comedy. Dave Chappelle gets shit about making transgender jokes. His very next fucking special attacks the people making transgender jokes with even more risque jokes, right? Joe Rogan basically just ignored everyone. You know, he's like, yeah, you try to cancel me. Spotify, can I have some more money? They're like, yeah, okay. Right? Those responses are different to the ones who are like, you know, actually, if you take another comedian who did it wrong and then bounced back, Louis C.K., you know, when the allegations about him came out and everyone went all me too on him, uh, he just... He just Broke character. And he just went, I'm sorry. And I was like, oh, don't fucking say that, dude. And of course, he's gone for a year. And then he stopped saying sorry. He started joking about why he was cancelled. And then he climbed back up. His audience were always behind him. But he let the people who aren't his audience take him down. Now, the thing is, he treated it like a threat. Those people who apologize and get defensive, they're behaving as if it's a threat, which actually is self-fulfilling prophecy. They make it into a genuinely dangerous thing. It's kind of like a lion is fine until you fucking poke the thing. Now it's kind of a dangerous animal. Yeah, it's not the best example, but it's similar. If you just walk past the lion cage at the zoo and don't open the door, the lion's neutral. It can't do anything to you. It can just roar. If you get in there and like, what did you fucking say to me? Or like, look, I'm sorry I've disturbed you. He's going to rip you to pieces because you're in his cage now. And I think that is a pretty good metaphor for getting cancelled. While there are definitely times where someone is a threat to you, it is such a small percentage of the times you think you're being threatened. And the fact that you treat everything like a threat is actually dangerous because you're not treating the real things like a threat quite often. It's amazing to me how many people will take heaps of things personally, get all outraged and defensive, while allowing abuse to happen in one area of their life. 
I've seen that people have like an abusive partner. You know, they they do all sorts of things at work where they just take everything personally and cause drama all the time. Like, what did you say? Did you assume my gender? Whatever. Like, they're doing all this shit. And then they go home to someone who's just pulling them apart piece by piece and they do nothing. So, like, dude, do you even know what a threat is? Shit. Even if it is a threat, taking it personally, getting defensive, it only plays into their hands. If you react the way they're trying to make you react, you're not winning. Ah, yeah. You think about that's the very definition of a successful manipulation is to provoke you into a preferred reaction. That's what manipulation is. I try to provoke you to behave and feel in a way that suits my purposes. So if you get defensive when somebody's trying to offend you, bravo, you've done exactly what they were trying to do. How do you think that's winning? How do you think that's going to be a successful strategy if they're trying to manipulate you and you're playing along? Think of the great debates and arguments you've seen in your life. And what you'll notice if you're being exposed to decent ones is that the winner is actually the one who doesn't play the game. The winner is the one who calls out the bullshit, who doesn't get hyped up and pulled into side stories or you know cheap swipes or you know little tactics that are full of crap and they just stay strong and true you know and they just go i'm not fucking playing that game they just stay strong strong and true on the point they might not like win in terms of on the day get the most support but on the lifetime scale they end up better off than the person who plays those games without question if you want an example of that, there's a great debate where Stephen Fry and Jordan Peterson team up against two other people whose names I've forgotten to debate the concept of political correctness. Now, I'm not actually trying to make a stance on PC itself, but if you want to watch the way Stephen Fry argues in that, while the others are doing baiting and mockery and, you know, provocations and like outrageous statements. He just stays on point with this just like heartfelt, authentic, integrity spiel. And there just can be no doubt at the end that the others just look stupid in comparison to him. Peterson actually holds his ground pretty well in that one as well. So if you think taking it personally, getting all upset, playing the game that they're trying to make you play is a good idea, you're a fucking idiot. Sorry, I've been one before. You've got to learn the hard way. I've learned that working with criminal offenders. I used to work with some of the most manipulative people on this planet. Predatory, psychopathic, sex offenders, murderers, gang leaders. These people are very good at manipulation. And one of the things they often try to do is to get you to react to something. Usually, oddly enough, their favorite technique for a probation officer, I guess, is distraction. They're trying to get you away from talking about the thing you want to talk about. Because usually the thing you want to talk about is enforcing rules and preventing their reoffending, and, you know, getting into the psychology of why they do the fucked up things they do. And obviously they're not interested in going down that path. So they'll throw things at you to try and emotionally distract you. They might try and make you feel sorry for them. They might try and offend you and make you angry. Might try and invalidate you and get you to prove yourself. As long as it's not talking about the shit that they really don't want you talking about, they're fine with it. And what I found is, if I could counter that stuff, eventually they're going to do a thing where they go extinction, as it's known in, in um, manipulation talk, which is they double down, escalate, get really emotional, get really outraged, get really fucking uh, dominating and, and quite intimidating, and they go, go as hard as they can to see if they can break you. And this is, whenever you're dealing with an unhealthy person, this is how they'll react to you setting boundaries. So go to extinction they'll just blow up and try and get you to back down and what i found was it's kind of like holding your breath if you just keep the calm frame if you just go like as if they're not doing it really like no matter how much they get outraged no matter how much they raise their voice and interrupt you you don't you stay calm you just speak quietly like sometimes i'll be saying something like look we need to talk about the blah blah, blah. and the whole time like fuck you shut up fuck you. i'll just keep i wouldn't stop you know, I'd just finish my paragraph and I'd stop like they'd been listening attentively. I'd treat them like they're calm. It'd only take, I, I think I timed it once. The average is about four minutes for a really outraged person. Um, that might even be the extreme. It might be more like two minutes for them to calm down. And they'd keep extincting, if that's a word, again. But 
if I maintain my frame, they just couldn't maintain theirs. So when somebody is behaving in a threatening way to you, the best thing you can do is actually treat them like they're not. And if you can hold that stronger than they can hold whatever they're doing, they're going to feel this psychological compulsion to meet you at your level. It's very, uh, it's cognitive dissonance. It's very uncomfortable psychologically to be in a completely different state to the other person in the room. Like if you've ever noticed being in a room, like you're calm, but the people in the room are anxious and they're really anxious, it starts to make you anxious. You notice how you can't just stay calm? Basically, the person who's more into what they're doing than the other person, it's called frame control, various uh, practices, kind of wins the day. Everybody else will meet them at their level. That drive for harmony is within all of us, even the most antisocial people. So if you can hold, in other words, do nothing, it's actually one of the most secure things you can do. It's one of the most safest things you can do to a real threat. And another attempt, of course, is you can just call out the threat. We'll talk about this a bit more at the end, maybe, according to my notes, but if somebody is being threatening, whether you're sure about it or not, just call it out as a threat. It's like, I believe you're just saying that to harm me. You know? I believe you're I believe the reason you're saying what you're saying is to cause me some sort of pain. And I can't keep talking to you until we deal with your like intentions. Until you're intending to like get a good result for both of us out of this conversation. We can't talk about that topic any further. Words to that effect, and I, I call it going pit bull. You know, when a pit bull locks its jaws and you can't like even remove it. Lock your jaws on the point that they're trying to harm you until it's dealt with. Right? No matter what, when they're like, fuck you, no, we got to talk about this. Like, we're not talking about shit until we talk about you trying to harm me. Until we get that sorted and healed. And you just go, I don't care. We, I don't care if it takes us the rest of our lives to have this conversation. We are not talking about anything until we deal with the way you're disrespecting me. Until we deal with the threat that you pose to me. You don't have to get the words all perfect like I'm doing now sort of thing, but it's it's a great way to deal with the threat is like just remain calm, do nothing about it. And then if that's you know, if you think more needs to be done, just calling it out and putting the spotlight on it. Very few people can harm you out in the open. They can't help you knowing with everyone knowing that it's happening. And they can't abuse you if everyone's going like, hey, that guy's abusing him. You know, and you're like, yeah, see, see, this is abuse. It's very hard for them to keep doing it. So call it out until it stops happening. So lastly was point three, the counterattack. Now, the most likely reactions we have to coming to the conclusion of taking something personally is we either fume silently. That's usually like a first, like a waiting room for further reactions. We fume about it. Stop listening to them at this point, usually, or just heart beating in our fucking heads. And we either, if we're kind of, uh, I don't know, low self confidence or whatever, we'll feel ashamed, you know, we'll feel bad about ourselves for what's happening, or we'll counter attack, we'll feel bad about them and we'll take it out on them. So, fuming, shame, counter attack, those are the three most likely responses to taking something personally off the top of my head. I want you to imagine something. Imagine you're in a boxing ring and the other guy is just swinging punches, going hard, but he's right on the other side of the ring. Like he's in your his corner and you're in your corner and he's staying on the spot, just swinging like a motherfucker. Would you walk into it? Would you go, all right, I'll go over to him then and just like walk into his fucking range of damage? If you realize he was just planted on the spot like he wasn't going anywhere? If you wanted to win the fight, wouldn't you just wait for him to like tire himself out? Hey. You wouldn't go over there and be like, alright, let's take some of these hits. You'd at least, okay, let's see if he's going to walk towards me before I fucking get my hands up. And yet, when we're in a conversation and someone starts swinging verbally, we walk into it. We, we try to calm you, we try to say stuff. I know I'm kind of repeating myself a bit from the section before about whether or not you should respond. But... You should at least wait for this to actually be something that's affecting you. And I don't just mean you feel bad about it, but like damage is at least now, there's a measurable damage being done in some way. At least some hits are actually landing. You know, like you're getting yelled at at a team meeting and you see people going, all right, we're going to have to discuss your future at this company. Like it's really going somewhere, not just someone's yelling and nothing's actually happening. 
So your first response always has got to be no response. It's very rare you're going to be in a situation where you have to spontaneously react instantaneously. That would be a life-threatening situation, in which case we're not really talking about taking something personally. We're talking about something else. When it comes to you taking something personally, very, very, very unlikely that you need to respond quickly. So pause. Just fucking pause. Wait, because your initial reaction might be petrol on the fire. You don't want to make this worse, do you? And before you act, shouldn't you make sure as much as you can that you're not about to make it worse? That your reaction is not worse than doing nothing? you got to treat them almost like they're talking gibberish. You know, we've talked about before, you taking it personally. This is about me. I caused this. It's at me. It's much more likely that they're going insane in some way or you've misunderstood them. So if that were the truth, if they were just talking shit, or they're actually being totally non-threatening and you're just taking it personally. Doing nothing is the very best response. You know, don't throw fuel on it or don't start a fire where there isn't one. Doing nothing just lets the thing play out. Right? If there's a homeless guy on the street ranting and raving about the end of the world, the best thing to do is not talk to him about it. You are not going to make him behave less fucking crazy by engaging in this interaction. You're only going to feed the monster, aren't you? It's like when you're parked at a gas station in a dodgy place and the crackhead starts coming up to your window. You don't roll down the window. You're like, hey, mate, what do you want to talk about? That's not a good idea, is it? You keep that window rolled up and go, just pump my gas, get this motherfucker away from me. And that's not actually cowardice. That's smart. Because there's nothing good that's going to come from you interacting with this person. What you're looking for is kind of the lightest touch possible, the least intervention possible, the lowest amount of reaction possible it's a kind of stoicism coming through here whenever a situation aggravates you you think what's the least i need to do about this let's at least start there rather than jumping straight to what's the most i can possibly do about this which is where most people go right when people take something personally their first thing is go Rawr! like the most damaging to the relationship thing that they can think of doing you know, here's a fucking insult back at you. I'm going to counter-accuse you of something unfair. I'm going to fucking try to take you down in front of these people. Say, so really? Your first? Your first move is that? It's like playing chess and, like, instead of putting a pawn out, you just illegally take your queen and just start smashing all their pieces off the board. It's like, maybe there's some moves you can make before you try that one. You know? Shit. So pause. Take some time. Yeah, what's the least I can do? I mean... At the very least, don't play their game. They're clearly trying to play some sort of game with you, whether you're deluded or not about that. It doesn't matter. Playing it doesn't going to help. Playing it's not the best available move, is it? What I've found is holding the respect frame is the best available move. Right? Like we talked about in the, in the previous section, I guess, that pit bull idea, like, if you feel that you're being disrespected in some way, then the disrespect itself is what needs to be dealt with before anything else can be talked about. Now, the disrespect is one of two things. Either they are disrespecting you, they're crossing boundaries that you have set, they're deliberately behaving or unconsciously behaving in a way that, you know, breaches your values, or... You've misread the situation of dis as disrespect. Either way, the concept of disrespect needs to be talked about. And that's the only thing that needs to be talked about. And that is the best possible and least kind of uh, reactive reaction you can have. You know, refuse to discuss anything else until respectful boundaries are being adhered to, until the rules of the game have been mutually agreed upon. You know, the code of conduct. It's kind of like a patient parent waiting for a tantruming child to calm down before they talk about things. Right, the kid's kicking and screaming and melting down in the supermarket. And what the patient parent does is just kneel beside them and just hold their arms open and go, look, we'll have a hug when you're ready and then we can talk about it. But I'm not going to talk about anything until this is finished, whatever this is. Right? Just this idea of like, we're not, I'm not going to feed this fire. I'm not going to walk away either. I'm just going to wait for it to burn out and then we can figure out what's actually going on. And that's respect. You're respecting them, but you're also holding respect for yourself. You're saying, I'm not going to play this. This isn't how I do things. Right? 
and you're also keeping that little bit of curiosity open like there's a chance I'm being too sensitive or I misread something so this discussion will bring that up if I like if I say to someone like before we go any further I'm feeling disrespected by the way you're talking to me and they go like whoa that wasn't that wasn't my intention at all you know, I, just, I thought you wanted this feedback. You said you wanted feedback, and I'm giving it to you. And you're like, fuck, I did ask for that feedback. Actually, why am I upset? And you realize, shit, this isn't disrespect, right? They're actually going by the boundaries I said. We say, that's really offensive. And they're like, I didn't know you were offended by that. You're like, oh, fair enough. I never told them I was offended by that. How are they supposed to know? That's not fair. This isn't disrespect. This is naivety. They weren't aware of what is a no-go zone for me. Now, if I say, like, it's offensive when you say that to me, and they're like, oh, you are fucking blah, 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 and then they come at you with more of it, okay, now they're disrespecting your boundary. Doesn't mean it was a good boundary to have, but they're your boundaries. Disrespect is a knowledge of your boundaries and then crossing it. If they don't know what your boundaries are, then you can't hold them to account for those. That's called a covert contract, and it is fucked up. You can't do that if you want a healthy relationship. Respect means you treat each other as equals. And you work towards a win-win solution peacefully. So until you're treating each other that way, there's nothing else to talk about. And that is the best way to neutralize a threat. Like I said, I've worked with criminal offenders who have murdered people who would happily kill me if they thought they could get away with it. And I've had them going off at me. And when that happens, I just stick to my guns. You know, I'm just like, look, we can talk about anything you like, dude. Once you start talking to me with respect. Right. I'll wait as long as you need to. 15 minutes, 20. I know you've got a busy day, so it's up to you how long you want to take. But i got the whole afternoon, dude. I'm, I can bring you back in tomorrow. We can start it over again. Or we can quickly get to a point where you treat me like a man and I'll do the same for you. Up to you, bro. Take your time. They'll be like, yeah, but what about my fucking blah, blah, blah. I'm like, we can talk about anything, dude. But we haven't talked about respect yet, so we haven't got that established. Can't touch any of those other topics until we I've got them in my mind. Parked and written a little list here. I'm ready for them. As soon as you're ready to treat me with respect, we get straight into it, bro. You know, I had a lot of conversations along those lines. I'm kind of making it up off the top of my head, but it comes from experience. I'm able to say this stuff off the top of my head because I've had to say it so many fucking times. Get used to talking to people like that, whether it's a child or an adult. Like, man, we can talk about anything you want, dude. Whatever issue, if I've behaved badly, I want to talk about it. If you think I've crossed your boundaries, then I need to know that. Or maybe this is something else, I don't know. But I can't do it while you're talking to me like this. I can't do it if you're bringing that attitude to the situation. I can't do it if you're shouting. I can't do it if you're going to use name-calling and insults. I can't do it if you're going to bring up the past and it doesn't relate to what we're talking about. I have to wait for all that stuff to finish before we can talk. But I'm definitely keen to talk about this stuff. I'm not trying to get out of it. So you just take your time, however long you need. If you want to keep throwing insults, you know, I can wait 10 minutes. It's all good. I'll wait for you to run out of breath if I have to, but we're not going anywhere on those issues. You see what I mean? Can you imagine what it would be like trying to have a go at someone who talked like that? How, how impossible it would be to keep disrespecting a person who just calmly holds that line with that patience and with that kind of compassion knowing that, you know, you're better than this. You don't need to do it this way. And I'm going to wait for you to get to that state that you can get to. I, I found that was really helpful for working with criminals was I treat them like underneath it all. They were a rational, intelligent person kind of thing. And so when they're having a big random go at me and they're being really unreasonable and kind of crazy and well, this is why they're here, you know, if they didn't behave like this, they wouldn't go to jail all the time. I'd just be like, nah, I think this guy can do better than this. And I'll just wait to see if it can happen. And I found that worked even with the most volatile people. I mean, I've had guys who, like, as soon as you walk in the room, they're throwing chairs, punching themselves in the face, you know, making threats about going home to get a shotgun. Those kind of people, really, really difficult people to deal with. And if I was just looked at them like, nah, I don't think that's the best you got. I don't think that's the most sane and awesome you can be. I'll wait around and see if there's something better. And I'd, I'd express this to them in various ways. And that, I found, was the best counterattack. Or, you know, as Marcus Aurelius is quoted as saying, and I might misquote him a bit here, is the best revenge is to be unlike him who caused the injury. In other words, the best revenge is to not be like that. Whatever they're doing, the best thing you can do as a counterattack is not that. Right? Be stronger as a calm, rational, respectful person and outlast them 
endure until they give in. Right? Because even if, let's say it's somebody you don't want to have a long-term relationship with or whatever, and this isn't really about the two of you, let's say you're in a team meeting and somebody else on the team's having a massive go at you in front of everybody, and you just hold that strong, firm, they're like, what are you going to tell me about the spreadsheet? Well, man, we can't talk about spreadsheets at all until you start respecting me. You know, I mean, I don't want to keep everyone waiting, but I, I can't I can't go into that topic with you talking to me like this. Can't be done. You know, no apology, not like sorry. It's just like, can't be done. That's facts, mate. But, you know, I'll, I'll wait. I'm, i got all day. You know, it's all good. I get paid either way. So do what you got to do, brother. Get it out, you know. Let go. In the end, everybody in the room is going to be on your side witnessing this. They're going to be like, man, that guy's got some fucking balls. Or woman with ovaries or whatever the equivalent is. You know, like, if you're the one that does not back down, doesn't escalate, then it almost doesn't matter what's being spoken about. You will be perceived as the winner because the truth is you are the winner internally. You didn't buy into their bullshit. You didn't let yourself become insane. You didn't take it personally. So, conclusion. Let me check my notes here. The, the key is to stop begging the question, is this about me? Stop skipping over that question, assuming it is. And look for more likely explanations first. As soon as things get heated or you feel emotional about what's being said, stop and go, okay, what's the more likely explanation for what they're doing or saying? Then it's about me. You know? Try being compassionate about their, their malfunction, their insecurities, your own insecurities, you know? You taking it personally is unlikely to be an accurate, reasonable reaction to what's happening. So take some time with yourself, like, okay, i got a tendency to get worked up about this shit. I've learned my lesson so many times before, it's probably not about me. Just take a moment, just breathe. This is you getting triggered with your bullshit, fucking wound, trauma, whatever it is, just... Take a moment, get over it, and then think again what else this could be. That's 90% of your problem solved. If you can do that step properly, you don't even need to worry about other steps because that will solve it. You'll either see that no matter what the person is saying, that this is their problem, or you'll see that you misunderstood and nothing bad's actually happening. Either way, the response is the same. Just be respectful and demand respect in return. Even if it is about you and those rare occasions where someone's actually trying to harm you, Always keep in mind it's for a grander goal. You're not the end game. You're just a piece on the board that they're trying to move around. Reacting to it's not going to help. Counter, you know, trying to play their game. You've got to assume they're better at you at the game they're trying to play. I found that was the most helpful assumption I could possibly make working with criminal offenders. Now, granted, in that case, it was very true. I was being manipulated by the very best. People who had nothing to lose, who are masters of applied psychology. They might never have read a book, but they could read your mind. If I was to try to play the manipulate, counter-manipulate sort of thing, it's like me playing chess against the Grandmaster. I was so far out of my league that they would actually have me believe I was winning as I was losing, you know. So I found it was better to play the role of, like, white belt. Like, I'm not going to fight you because I can't. Like, you're going to whip my ass, so I'm going to avoid this fight. You know what I mean? I don't mean I back down. What I mean is, like, I'm not fighting. We're not fighting. I'm not good in this. I just this kind of, like humility about my naivety for example if i'm with someone and i feel like maybe they're manipulating me instead of me trying to counter that i'll be like look dude i think you're manipulating me you might even be doing it successfully so i'm gonna go have to make some phone calls to double check what you're saying and like keep myself safe and it was amazing how often something like that would be like oh fuck this guy's actually gonna keep an eye on me i can't do this shit you know somebody says oh you know i've got a job yeah just like you you said i should i went and got a job i was inspired by what you said I'd say, you know what, I feel like you're using flattery to distract me, so I'm going to go ahead and call that job that you said that you got and make sure it's legit. You know, I mean, how are they going to manipulate me with my responses like that? Or, oh, I brought a colleague in today because I felt like maybe you were manip manipulating me in the last session, so I'm going to get them to watch to see if they think that's happening. You know what I mean? Like, I would just not try to win. I just know that I've lost and behave accordingly to protect myself. Treat them like they're insane until they act sane right if what they're doing is harmful doesn't make sense isn't a benefit to anyone assume that they've lost rationality no matter how articulate they might be speaking and how good they are with their words or how reasonable some of their points might be 
if you're like, this is hurting our relationship the way they're talking to me, you got to start with like, that's not their best option. Like they are not functioning at their highest level right now. They may in fact be malfunctioning, but high functioning malfunction, whatever that means. They, they might be able to survive in the real world being like this, but they're not actually doing well. I've seen this a lot like, uh, I don't know, you watch sort of programs like Kitchen Nightmares with Gordon Ramsay and other such programs where very deluded, very fucking poorly functioning people somehow run a business. And that's, that gives you a sense like people can do quite badly psychologically and still get along in life. You've worked with them before, you've been friends with them, you might even be one of them yourself. You know, people can have severe mental illness and personality disorders and not end up in a psychiatric hospital or in prison and just have a normal job and live a life and somehow struggle and survive through each day. It's almost like inspiring that they fucking survive at all. Like, how did you tie your shoes? You're so fucking crazy. Like, there are people out there, a lot of them, a lot of people out there are kind of like high-functioning crazy. And so you got to stop treating everyone like they're sane and rational, like what they're saying makes sense and, you know, that what they're saying is actually what they mean and so on. It's... Especially once somebody gets emotional, it's very unlikely. If someone's getting worked up and having a go or whatever, the most likely thing is that whatever they're saying is not what they're really saying. Like, this person's lost it. So you should react accordingly. Like, okay, I'm going to stop, like, getting tied up on exactly what they're saying. Try to figure out, like, what kind of crazy shit's going on underneath. And that'll help you realize it's not about you because it never fucking is about you. Really. Like, never. Not once. Not once has it been about you. Every single time you've taken something personally, you've been wrong. Every single time. And even if I'm not correct about that, that's still the most helpful frame to take. To assume like your first reaction of taking it personally is the least helpful reaction you could have, that's always true. Really. So instead of fighting back, you call out what you believe is happening, the harmful intent. You might have to take a loss of face, but... You've got to be the calm in the storm, you know? Play the long game of winning your own integrity, of being the person you admire in these situations rather than the person who wins the debate. Think of it, even if you're interested in external outcomes like your reputation, the long term, if you're always perceived as the person who doesn't lose their shit and doesn't take things personally and has compassion yet respect for themselves, in the long run, you're going to come off better off even if you lose a few debates. I hope that helped. If you want to do more of this kind of work and you want to really nail this kind of level of confidence, get in touch, dan at brojo.org, and we can work together on it. Thank you so much for listening, watching. I'll see you next time. This is Brojo Online. Masculinity, confidence, and integrity.